in today's show. It's like it's like that thing when you when you're 20 years old, you're worried what people are thinking or saying about you, and then when you get to 40, you you know you realize you you don't care what people think or say about you, and when you get to 50. For you realize they weren't even thinking about you in the first place. They didn't care. They were too busy, obsessed with their, how big their own bum was and however, however insecure they were. And I just, I just struggle with this thing of success. I always said to people, success for me was going to the cinema in the middle of a work day. That would be successful. There was a cinema less than 100 yards from my office, a big complex where I can go to the cinema. I've never done it. So that, does that mean I'm not successful? No, it just means that, you know, maybe I'm scared to do it in case that, that means that's it. I've done. I'm finished. I need to retire. But it, it's, it's what they're, they're words which are challenging for me because I just think that they give people false hope and false, false inspiration. In today's ultra-competitive business world, being a successful entrepreneur or business owner can be very challenging. Fortunately, contemporary times have blessed us with resources for tackling those challenges and getting us to success more quickly than we could have imagined. Welcome to The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs grow incredible companies. This podcast looks at the five keys to unlocking success as an entrepreneur. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason's mission is to use his gifts of teaching and leadership to help others get the results they want out of life. Join Jason every week and learn the keys to grow a truly successful business. Welcome back to another episode of The Root of All Success. I'm the real Jason Duncan. Thank you for spending the next hour or so with me. Thank you for, for tuning in, for subscribing, for leaving a review for the podcast. Today, I've got a fantastic guest all the way from London, England. I've got Simon Leslie with us today. Let me tell you a little bit, of, a little bit about Simon Leslie. He's the founder and the chief executive of Inc. Global, which is a global travel media company. Uh, for over 30 years, Simon has dedicated his career to creating pu travel publications that have met, been held by you. If you've ever flown in an airplane, you've held one of his publications in your hand. So any of those magazines in the seat back pocket of that airplane, Inc. Global is very likely to have printed that magazine. And that accomplishment made him the world record holder for the amount of in-flight magazines launched and published. With over 250 million copies of magazines published over the last 30 years, he knows a little bit about crafting travel media. And he's even blossomed that after the pandemic over the last couple of years into a digital media empire. So if you've watched the television on an airplane or in an airport, you've probably seen something produced by Inc. Global. Well, despite his success, Simon's business didn't evade the pandemic. And we're going to talk about today how his business went from $150 million a year to zero during 2020 and how he, how he came through that. Um, interestingly enough, he started journaling through the beginning of the pandemic all the way through the end. And that journaling has turned into a book called Equanimity, which he, we're going to talk a little bit about on the show today. He's offered, authored other books on sales like There Is No F in Sales. Uh, he author, authored a book called White Belt Thinking. He's authored books on, uh, he's got a poetry book that he wrote during the pandemic. And so it's a very interesting fellow, very, very interesting guy. 
And uh, he enjoys cigars. He's going to talk about what he's going to do after the show today. He's going to talk about going smoking a Monte Cristo. And he's coming to Nashville, I think, at some point here uh, before the end of the year. We're going to get together one-on-one and get to meet face-to-face. We're going to talk a little bit about what he is uh, good at on the show today. Interestingly enough, and I don't have very many people on the show that are like this, but he is an expert in handwriting like understanding your handwriting, not being able to handwrite, not good penmanship, but understanding people through their handwriting. Uh, uh, um, hypnosis. He, he, we're going to talk about how he learned how to do hypnosis, understanding micro expressions and body language. Very, very interesting guy. So I want you to help me welcome Simon Leslie to the show. Simon, welcome to the show, my man. I'm so glad that you're here all the way from London. All the way from London, England. Glad that you're here. We talked. We talked pre-show that uh, you know Duncan. My my surname is is a is a British. You know, it's from Great Britain, Scotland, England, some in those areas over there. Um, and Leslie, obviously, is that as well. So we're probably related. Absolutely, <laughs> distant, a brother from another mother. That's right, distant cousins. Now, have you always lived there? I, I was born in Wales, and uh, I moved to London when I was uh, thirteen years old. So I've been in London since, but. The last two decades I spent on an airplane living, living somewhere between row one and row 50. <laughs> well, that's your business. I mean, you're in the travel magazine business, which or travel publication businesses, which, which would definitely want to get into. But uh, first of all, I want to say thank you for being on the show. I know that you and I connected because uh, you were on dropping bombs with Brad Lee as was I. And so our, our uh, people who work with us kind of recognize that and say, Hey, we should get these two guys together and, uh, and do a show because we both have interesting stories. But today is really all about your story. And I love what you said when we were prepping for the show today, before we went to hit record is that you said, Hey, I live the life, Jason, that you are peddling. <laughs> I live the life that you're peddling, which I call the exit lifestyle. Part of what I said in the, uh, in the intro is about you. You teach young business leaders who are worn out how to live the life of their dreams. So I'm really interested to get to that. But, but I want to go backwards first. So tell, tell us, tell me and the listeners, what, how did you get started as an entrepreneur? Some kid, some people do it as a kid, you know, raking leaves or shoveling snow or whatever, delivering papers. What was it for you? When did you get started as an entrepreneur? I'm not quite sure. And, and you know, I've been asked that question loads of times and I still don't know what the, what the right answer is, the right answer is going to be. I think the, I definitely didn't, I didn't enjoy the experience of working for somebody else. I didn't, I just, I just felt like a, I felt odd. I didn't, I felt like it was a spare part in most businesses and, and the way I saw things and the way I wanted it to, to do things always seemed to be counterintuitive to what people wanted me to do. So I think there was, that was, that was always going to be a challenge of being an employee. And what I, what I wanted to do when I created a business was find a place that I would be cool coming to work at and hopefully my employees would be, would enjoy it as well. And, and that's what I've spent the last 28 years doing, which is creating an environment where people can run their own business within our business. Now, last night we had a, we had a party in our office and people were coming in and going, is this a, a five-star hotel? Or, you know, is this a Soho house? What is it? It's beautiful sofas and chandeliers. Because and, we've really tried to create an environment where people feel like this is nicer than home sometimes. 
You know, that's what's interesting about my interviews with hundreds of entrepreneurs over the years is, a, is that most of us would make terrible employees. <laughs> we, we, there's no way we could go back to the matrix. We couldn't go back and live again as an employee. You want me to show up when and where? And like, I, like, so, so I, so for you though, when was the first here in the United States, it's, it's normally an LLC, a limited liability company that we create. I don't know what it's like for you guys, but when did you create that first official business? Was it 28 years ago? No, I, um, I started, uh, I started knocking on doors, selling insurance. That was my very first job. And then I had a few other jobs. And then I always wanted to be a real estate agent. And nobody would give me a job. I was a spotty 17-year-old. I think they thought I'd put off the, the customers. So I, that was my first business. I launched a real estate agency with a friend of mine. Um, and it just happened to coincide with the worst recession the UK had ever seen since the 1920s. And that was it. And we, we lasted as probably a year and a half longer than most people gave us credit for. And uh, we did our best. And we, and we definitely saw opportunities where other people didn't see opportunities. So I think early on, I realized that I was a, an alternative thinker. A, you know, I had a different view of life and a different view of opportunities. And I've been saying this a lot over the last couple of weeks. There is opportunities, there are miracles, there are ideas, there are deals constantly being bombarded in front of us. But if you're not ready, if you're not switched on, if you're not open to these opportunities, they go next door, they go across the road, they go to another country, they go and find somebody who's ready to take on that opportunity. And I think over the last couple of years, when I've really recognized this, that's why I keep attracting opportunities ideas coming up with creative ideas to do things slightly differently and i think it's a, it's it's my now it's becoming a very clear message to me keep your head out of your backside open your eyes because at some point today something's going to present itself to you and if you're not open and ready you're going to miss it that's a good perspective it's about tuning in it's like it's like fm radio or or even today satellite radio you know, those those waves, those sound waves are all around us all the time. But if we don't tune into it, we can't listen to it. So the opportunities as entrepreneurs are exactly the same. That's a very that's a very interesting perspective, Simon. I, I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that. So uh, that's a that's a good perspective. So when what, and there's a point you, on that, you just triggered something there on listening. Right. So, so guys, you're listening to me and Jason today. And I want you to do two things. You got you got the seat. And there's, there's two seats. There's the VIP seats, and then there's the normal seats. And the, the VIP seats are the same price as the normal seats. The only difference is you have to listen a little bit more carefully. Just listen to what we're saying. Listen for the clues, because remember, success leaves clues. And there's going to be stuff that we'll talk about today. And if you're not listening, really listening, you'll miss it. You'll just go, oh, okay, yeah, whatever, whatever. And, and I always say this to everybody when I'm talking to them. Please, please listen like you've got a VIP ticket. Because if you do that, I do. I, you know, I, I, I'm excited. I'm an excitable human being, and I say a lot of things. And amongst that, there are some absolute nuggets. Yeah, that. And you know what? That's one of the coolest parts about doing a podcast and being a podcast host. You know, I started recording this in December of 2020, and um, you know, I've had it almost. I think I'm close to a hundred 
my hundredth episode will be coming up soon. And all, every one of these, there's always a nugget. There's a nugget here. Even, even the ones that really sucked. And I don't think I've had ones that like were totally bombed, but there were some that just weren't as enjoyable conversations, you know, for whatever reason, I sucked as the host. I didn't ask good questions or they sucked as the guest. They didn't really had no life about them, but you're right, Simon, there are nuggets. There are nuggets. There was a guy that I, it was not, he wasn't really a mentor of mine, but he was part of a group that I was a part of back when I was in ministry days, when I was uh, doing pastoral ministry. And he used to say, when you go to something, a conference, uh, a meeting or whatever, and you're trying to learn, he goes, don't try to learn at all. Just get one thing. Just get one. Just, if you walk away with one, you're good. So whatever well, Simon says today, there's going to be one thing that Simon's going to say, it's going to be great for you as a listener. So pay attention, tune into it. Hey, um, I've been doing a lot of these conversations promoting the new book and there's one podcast and I was, and I looked at the views and I looked at the reviews and I'm thinking, I really like the host, but actually I don't think anyone listens to it. And normally I would have said, oh, do you know, especially when I've done 40 conversations this month, I don't want to do another one. And I said, no, do you know what? If I can help one person. And by the way, if that one person is just that host, I'm going to do it because that's my, that's my belief. You know, you help as many people as you can, you'll get anything you want out of this life. I and, agree. And I, and, I t- and I told him that story and he said, you know what? I was on the way home. He texted me late last night. He said, I needed to have that conversation with you today. He said, I was feeling like I just wasn't feeling it. And he goes, you absolutely picked me up. So my mission was, uh, was definitely achieved yesterday. I love it. I love that perspective. That's a great perspective. So, I'm going to ask you, Simon, about about some of your some of your expert areas of expertise before we get into your story of building Inc. as a company. You know, you've written you've written some cool books. There's no F in sales. You uh, white belt thinking. We're going to be talking about your new book, Equanimity. We're going to talk about that. But but how did you become an expert in handwriting and body language and micro expressions and hypnosis that those are all very curious to me. I feel like I'm a pretty good student at body language and micro expressions myself. There was that uh, show here in the United States called lie to me. That was, you know, a decade or so ago. Favorite show. I love that show. And I was so sad when it got canceled, but how did you get into that and tell us a little bit about how that works out in your professional life? It's funny, actually, because the guy who wrote Lie to Me was the guy who taught me. Uh, really? I went his, yeah, I went to one of his uh, his schools. Um, so it, it, I felt like I wanted to get better. I, I was I was good at sales. And, and the first thing I did was hypnosis. And, and it was just about how the mind works. You know, when we're saying things and the way we say them and the language we use – can have such a huge impact and the way you say it your tonality you know i love chris voss and chris has a late night dj voice and he and he'll drop his voice and he'll drop his tonality when he wants you to, to really step in and listen and i and i just thought i want to learn this i want to know what's going on and i went to canada and this was the epicenter of hypnosis and i went and studied the university of of toronto or montreal i can't even remember and i and, and i and i think of all the things i've ever learned that changed me in, in terms of my confidence, my ability to, to use words in a, in a different state, to be able to come into any conversation and get people to really lean in and, and listen to what I had to say. So you went and studied this uh, in the university setting at, at, a, at a university for yeah. hypnosis. So, so how, many, um, 
how, how many people have you come in contact with that you know are not susceptible to hypnosis versus who are susceptible to? I'm always interested in that answer to that question. I mean, I don't think I ever got hypnotized during the whole process, even though they told me I was. But, you know, some people don't do crazy things. Some people just, they just tell the truth. They just, you know, they you calm them down enough. They'll say, they'll tell you whatever you want to hear. I think most people are, but it, it's the, you know, the crazy stuff that people do on stage that that's, you know, there's, there's a limit. They, you know, what they'll do is they'll take a crowd of 50 and then they'll whittle them down, whittle them down till they get four or five who are just, you know, who will stand on their head and stick their legs up in the air and, you know, wave, <laughs> wave their arms around like nutcases. But it's, it, I, I didn't do it for to, you know to be a stage hypnotist. I de- I did it because I wanted to understand how you can how you can use the tonality and the linguistics to make sure that you really are getting people to listen to what you've got to say and that you can pick up on things. And there there were times when I would tell a story and you you notice people looking at you like this and going like 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 love like I'm, I just love listening to what you've got to say and I guess that's that's what it, that's what it taught me. So I was watching a video on TikTok just yesterday about a, uh, they, the, they were at a home and evidently the per- somebody in the room had hypnotized this lady to forget the number six. Like she didn't know that the number six existed and they were telling her to count her fingers and she would go one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then when she get to the last one, she goes like she knew she only had ten fingers, but she's like, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think that I'm susceptible to hypnotism. I've not ever tried to be hypnotized, but I've gone to the shows at the carnivals and fairs. And um, but but has it helped you? Hypnosis has it helped you as a as a salesperson in ways that you expected or didn't expect? It's helped me in terms of keeping me calm. So when if there's if there's noise and there's negotiation and there's backing and forth, I just remain calm, and I can just keep keep myself. It's like people have said to me you just don't react. You just like, you're just there and you've got the answer for everything. And I think that's what it, that's what it really gave me was a sense of, okay, be present. I'm here. I'm in the moment. I'm hearing, I'm hearing your objections. I'm hearing your stories. I'm hearing whatever I need to hear, but I'm okay with that. I can deal with that. I can, I can take you somewhere else on this journey. And, and, and you'll notice the greatest um, storytellers, salespeople, negotiators will deflect you. They'll take you somewhere else. You know, they'll take you off piece while they're thinking about where they want to bring you back to. And I think that's that's some of the art and some of the, the skills we learned. We learned magic tricks. We learned card tricks. We learned, you know, how to do stuff to, to, to deflect people. So it was it was an all round interesting um, experience for me. Well, the uh, micro expressions thing is really cool too. We talked about the show lie to me. And by the way, if anybody yeah. has never seen that, I don't know if it's on Netflix or where it might be, but if you're interested in human behavior and how people, how people, you know, microaggression, uh, micro expression, it could be aggressions, but micro expressions, <laughs> micro expressions, that's a fantastic show that came out in probably what mid two thousands. I don't remember when it was, but how did you get involved in that? Because I know that they are probably somehow linked in your brain, like hypnosis, handwriting, micro, uh, micro expressions, but how did you get into the micro expressions thing? What happens, first of all, you do body language. And 99% of body language that people assume today, which is, you know, that or, you know, yeah. you're looking up there, looking up, none of those things are true, right? They're, they are uh, clues. Body language, micro-expressions are all clues. 
if you get enough clues, you can put the puzzle together. But that, in their instance, just means that's how I'm comfortable. That's I'm cold. Whatever it is, it doesn't mean I'm defensive or angry. It just it's a clue, right? So then you do that, and then you scratch your face or rub your nose, or you you know all these things. You start adding the clues together. You start looking at them. And if you take the hypnosis and the linguistics, you start hearing tonality and the words and the stuttering. And then you start seeing the rash on the neck come, you know, all you start looking, being able to look at a human being as you're talking to them and you're watching all the, I can't do it anymore. I literally can't look at somebody because as soon as I see all the movements, I just think, oh, I've said something that's disgusted her. I'll have to go back and uh, make up on that later. <laughs> you know, and, and the same thing with the same thing with handwriting, you know, if I look at your handwriting, I can tell if you've got great energy, if you haven't got energy, if you're lazy, if you, you know, you're socially selective, if you'd rather, you know, be confident, arrogant, introvert. And once you put all these things together, you can start looking at, you know, especially when you're looking for salespeople or you're looking for an employee and the, you get the clues right there in front of you, you think, I'm not sure I want to hire you or you are so wild. I want to hire you. And uh, when can you start? I'll never, ever forget. I was interviewing this girl and I looked at her handwriting and there was just something that I didn't like about her. She was interviewing great. By the end of it, it turned into a counseling session and she was telling me that she was the most insecure person in the world and she hadn't done this. And I'm like, where did that come from? Because you open a door and everything comes out. The truth comes out eventually. And I think, I think it, when you're meeting people, you want to get the truth serum going. And I, and I guess when you take handwriting, you take hypnosis, you take body language and micro expressions, you've got, you've got your formula. You can see if you've got a, you know, you've got a success there in front of you. I've been married 25 years. So I'm doing something right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm 27 years in too. So congratulations, yeah. man. Congratulations to you. So you mentioned something interesting about clues you, you use that word a couple of times. And so what I think for a kind of a takeaway nugget for most people is that there's probably been a moment in time where you met somebody, whether it was an employee or a partner, business partner, a colleague, a vendor, or someone, a, a, a counterpart in a sales process. At the end, you probably, yeah, I should have seen that coming. Well, what I think you're, you've done, Simon, is you went back and figured out, okay, instead of just saying at the end, I should have seen it coming, how would I have figured it out? There were clues along the way, whether it's handwriting, body language, micro expressions, the way they say things, all that stuff are the clues that lead you there. So if you want to be successful, you know, it may take time paying attention to those clues. So I'm, I, you're, you're an interesting guy to me because- I don't know anybody who's done all of that. I know people who are good at hypnosis or handwriting or whatever, but you seem to have kind of put it all into a package. <laughs> I, th I think, I don't know who said this, but there's this, there's a passion. You know, do, do success is not an accident. It's hard work, perseverance, learning, studying, sacrifice, and most of all, the love of what you do. I think it was Pele who said that actually. Um, and, the love of what you do to me is really important. I love negotiating closing deals. And that's what I do as a, as a job today. I didn't know that 27 years ago. I knew that I liked making money. And, and once I worked out, and I've only worked this out recently, you know, because I've been spending a lot of time doing a lot of work on myself, trying to work out, how do I get better? And, and the clue was this, I love doing deals. 
I didn't like doing the paperwork. I didn't like doing maybe the cold calling or finding the – actually, no, I loved lead sourcing. To me, lead sourcing is like uh, like breathing. You've got to be able to do it. You've got to be able to do it 24-7. You're always looking for opportunities. But I love doing deals. That is my passion. How am I going to get better at doing deals? I've got to learn new skills. And I've got to learn the skills that other people don't have. So when I walk into a room, I'm going to be impressive. I'm going to be remembered. I used to go to Paris a lot. And I'd walk in and go, they go, bonjour. I go, bonjour, je suis, uh, je suis Monsieur Jolie, which means I'm Mr. Pretty. And the woman, poker face, suddenly starts laughing. Every time I walked in that office, it was, ah, Monsieur Jolie is a reeve. And it was just, <laughs> that was the memory of me, right? And, and I, I'm constantly in, in need of making sure that if we're going to do business together, if we're going to do anything, I want you, I don't want to phone you up and you go, I'm not taking this call. I want to speak to him because he's fun. Well, you know, what's interesting. You and I both know Brad Lee and uh, we were both on his show dropping bombs. When he came on my show, the root of all success, which we're doing today, you know, when he came on my show, he and I had met only one time prior to that. And then somehow we got connected on Instagram and he's like, Hey, I'm, you know, I should, I should come out into Nashville be on your show. This is back when I was recording live in a person. And he he came in and we started talking pre-show and I said, you know, you know, we, we met once before and I, I kind of explained it to him and he, you know what he said to me, he looked at me, he goes, you should be more memorable. <laughs> so, so what you just explained there is that, that little trick, that tactic to make yourself memorable. So when you did that in French, you know, it became, you became memorable. It opened, it shut down the barrier or put down the barriers and opened her up to, to be joking with you and have a good time. So did you do all of this study before, during, like, when did you do this and the, and building Inc global, which is your, your company we could talk about, but did you do it before or during, or when, when did all this start for you? The curiosities. I'm, I'm an overnight success. Just uh, it's just taken 27 years. You know, th this is this is a constant and never-ending desire to get better. And I got to 40. I had a lovely family. I had a house. I had a Bentley. I had a business that was successful. And I was the most miserable son of a gun on on the planet. And mm. you know, I've heard you talk, so I know that you you understand this. You know. If we'd known each other, then I'd been, I would have been a client, right? <laughs> um, but I, I had to do the work on my own. It's been 14 years. since my 54th birthday today. I know I look great on it. Happy birthday. <laughs> 54 years. So the last 14 years. And I remember, we've had COVID, which absolutely destroyed my business. I still think it was the best 14 years of my life. It's literally gone like that. Every year better. Every year, I'm like, how the hell am I going to top this year? And every year, I've managed to do it. I'm finishing 2022 in Doha at the World Cup finals with all my kids. We're then flying off to Bali, and we're finishing 2022 on, a, on the beach in Bali. I've made sure that everything – and by the way, I wrote this all down at the end of 2021 and said, this is what I'm going to do next year. Didn't have any idea how I was going to get there, but I have done it. So when did you start Inc. Global? So we started in 1994. We had one airline, probably the smallest airline in the world, one flight from London to Beirut every single day. Beirut had just recovered from the Civil War. You know, everywhere you went, there were bullet holes in every building. There was still the green line you couldn't cross. So that's, why we, that's how I got into business. I'd, I'd had two or three failed businesses before that. And like this was my, 
I've got this one's going to be successful. My dad kept saying, go get a proper job. You've got to get a job. Can't keep doing this. And I'm like, no, 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 dad, I'm, this, is good. this is going to be good. Uh, we started that. And then the second airline was for an African airline. It went from London to Uganda to Rwanda to Tanzania to South Africa and back. It was like a shuttle plane. And, and it was the governments of all these airlines. And so my forming years were in the Middle East and Africa. So I learned how to haggle. I learned how to negotiate. I, I saw wealth. I saw poverty. I saw deprivation. I saw things that, you know, no human should actually see. You know, when you see some of the murderous events that have gone on in all these regions. And I was like, you know, it definitely gave me a sense of, um, you know, being able to really uh, appreciate how lucky I was. We're going to take a break from our show right now to bring you our sponsors. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now back to the show. So what does Inc. Global do specifically? So today we went into the pandemic and we had 13, six in-flight magazines for 39 airlines. I used to have behind me all the covers there, but they've, I went away and they turned my office into Soho House. I, I don't have any covers anymore. But we had 36 airlines working with all the majors, American, United, Virgin, Singapore, Etihad, all across the globe. We had, we basically, when any airline launched a magazine, we were the de facto partner. We dominated that space. And along came this pesky pandemic, and that's it. March the 9th, 2020, my wedding anniversary, the phone calls started to come through, and got to get that magazine off the plane, got to get it off. It's spreading COVID. And that was, that was the end of it. And uh, we came out of the pandemic with three magazines, uh, United, Virgin, and Eurowings, which is a German uh, airline. They were the only three we got left. And we've had to re-pivot re the business. Oh, no, no, I hate that word. We've re, re, re realigned the business. We now have the biggest TV network at the airport, at 90 U.S. airports in Canada, in U.S. and Canadian airports. We're about to launch it in, in Africa um, next month. So we're, we're growing our, our, net, our TV network, which is called Reach TV. And we've gone from a traditional magazine publisher to now a proper media business. I've, I've created what is called the marketplace for reaching travelers. So if you want to reach a traveler in Africa, in Europe, in Middle East, in Asia, in the US, I've got access to travelers. I've got data on them, what their behaviors are. So I know that you're flying from Nashville to New York next week. I can target you at any point of that journey. 
about 5 million people are traveling every single day at the moment. And we've got access to them, to getting a message to them in front of them at the right time, either be it on a boarding pass, at the Wi-Fi, at the airport, on the in-flight magazine, on the in-flight TV, on the screen at the airport, whatever it is, we can get your message in front of the right people. We've got, basically, we have your clients at the time when they're most likely to spend money. Are the, are the, is the revenue model for InGlobal on the magazine, is it advertising based or does the, or does the, do the airlines pay you to put the magazines in the, in the airplanes or is it a combination? No, we, uh, when we, when we started, it used to be the airline would pay for the magazine, pay a local, pay a local or a big publisher, and then they'd sell ads. And if they made enough money, they gave some of it back to the airline. And well, the reason we, we dominated so strongly, we came along and said, forget that model. No, you don't want to do it that way. We'll do it this way. We'll write you a check. You don't have to take any more risk anymore. And when we sell a bit more, we'll give you some more money. And that was how we got our foot in the door. Now, the big, big airlines at the beginning were like, we don't trust you two kids. You ain't, you ain't getting our contract. But one by one, we chipped away. And in the end, every major airline nearly was, was a client at some point over the last 25 years. So $150 million in annual revenue pre-pandemic. And then in 2020, it goes to zero. Um, that is a significant significant drop. I mean, lots of companies went to zero, but they didn't go from 150 to zero. They went from, you know, maybe a few million to zero. They're all sucks. I mean, getting to zero is bad. How in the world did you survive that? Well, if you want the full story to read the, read the book, it's, it's basically called equanimity, a diary of a CEO in crisis. So I, I started it in February, 2020, and it's a month by month diary of what I did at every point right the way through to December 21. And in December 21, we were, we were back in substantial profit. So we really only had one bad year. 2020, we'd, we had a lot of cash in the bank. We were incredibly successful. I thought, this ain't going to last too long. This is a three to 12 week thing. Everybody was telling me, you know, a few skeptics said, look, it's gonna, you have to battle this out till September. So what I did was I started reaching out to Brad, and, and anybody I knew and said, look, would you please come in and talk to my team? And I arranged in the end 50 talks from Bradley, Chris Voss, Jordan Belfort, Alison Levine, JJ Virgin, huge powerhouses in their sectors. And it was, it inspired people. You know, I was just trying to, the, only, the thing I realized from 2007 was you've got to keep your team whole. You've got to keep your team inspired. So I thought that this is, I can't do anything else. The, the airplanes have switched off their engines. The airports have shut the gates. My clients are disappearing like there's no tomorrow. My advertising clients don't want to know me. They want their money back. So probably didn't even go to zero. Probably went to minus five or six million. So what can I do? The only thing I can do, the only thing I can control is keeping my team insane, keeping my team sane, insane or sane. Wow. Well, congratulations for being able to push through that. I mean, I, you know, we could get into the, uh, into the deep, dark recesses of what all this happened. I too, like you thought, okay, this would be a short-term thing. I was on vacation with my family in March 
the middle of March in 2020 and everything was fine because I don't watch the news. So I didn't even know anything was, I thought everything was fine. And then, you know, Sunday night was fine. Monday was okay. Tuesday things started. I started looking around going, what is going on with the restaurants closing every other table? What's that? And then by Thursday, the beach is shut down. I'm like, "Uh Oh, <laughs> what is going on? So I thought like you, this is going to be a short-term thing. But uh, it seems like the government's got their hands on a little bit of power and decided to go a little nutty with it. But I'm congratulating you for being able to push through. And I think you did the right thing. You you were focused on your people and because your people are your most important asset to make sure that they do OK. Let's get into that book, Equanimity, because that is your that's your re- most recent book that you just released. And it is this diary of what went on as a CEO of a, of a nine figure company going through a global pandemic where your revenue goes to negative. So tell us a little bit more about that. Did, did, when you started writing the diary, was it, I'm doing this as a book or you were just kind of keeping it for your own records? I was just journaling. I was like, how how am I going to keep saying? And I also started just doodling and I started writing poems and one day I was bored, so I just thought, I'm going to post this poem on, on Instagram, and I, under the mantle, the motivational poet. And I, and I think that was about January 20, where are we now? Yeah, 20, 2021. Every day for the last 560 days, I've posted a different poem. And, and if, you, if you go back and look at it, you'll see what my moods were like, because my, basically my, everything is positive and upbeat, but you could see the some of the challenges that were coming through in the, in the poetry. And then at the end of 2021, I published 365 poems and we sent it out to our clients and I keep them in my bag. And every time I drive around and even an Uber driver just makes me smile, I'll sign a copy and I'll say, look, here's my gift for you. You know, it's my gift. I want to give it away. But, but the, the book, I was never going to write a book. It wasn't my intention to write a book, but when I thought about, look, I've had 50 really, valuable people giving really valuable lessons it's wrong of me not to to to, to share this with the world to, to give give that information back because this helped me turn a, a business that shouldn't have survived you know i said to people yeah we survived and they go yeah that's great i said no you don't understand i had 36 airlines i lost 33 of them i had 300 staff i lost 200 of them i had 1500 clients most of them have gone i said this wasn't a blip this was a disaster this was an absolute disaster there's no playbook there's no precedent there's nothing that we've ever been through before to 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 even look at and go oh i can do i can do this if you took 9 11 2007 2012 multiplied them all by 10 and then another 10 you still wouldn't have you know come close to what covid did to our business yeah well uh, but but you sur- not only survived, but you're thriving and you pivoted. I know you didn't like that word, but I think the pivot that you made, that the, the realignment to get in, you're still in the same area, the same industry, the same avatar, the same folks, but you're reaching them in a different way through the television network. Did When did that idea spark in your brain? Like, hey, we got to move away from print to this TV thing. Oh, 2007. <laughs> uh- <laughs> 2007, everyone said to us, print is dead. You know, you've got to get out of this place. And, um, we, we, you know, I've had two heart attacks, not physical heart attacks, but business heart attacks in the last seven years. In 2013, we'd spent the three or four years previous really trying to find a way to get out of print. We need to get into digital. And it wasn't um, 
we, were, we built two apps, one for an Asian airline, one for an Australian airline. And I'm not talking about an app for a magazine. The actual app, like if you go to united.com today, that app that you book your tickets on, we built two of those. I had 40 engineers in my office here. It was like a small tech company at one point. This was a what was started out as a $150,000 investment turned into a $5 million investment and it nearly bankrupted us. And we had the auditors here. And I'll never forget these words. She looked at me in the eye and she said, you are not capable of running this business and you're not capable of saving this business. And I went, hmm. that's the most motivating thing I've ever heard. And I will prove you wrong. And, and the, the irony of it all is Deloitte, who is the company who were trying to switch the lights off in 2014, and now our auditors. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You come back. That's the beauty of successful entrepreneurs. So well, how do you how do you define that term success? We're talking with Simon Leslie, by the way, for those who might have just picked up middle middle of the show, but Simon Leslie, he's the founder of Inc. Global, uh, survived the pandemic, thriving after that, going from 150 million to zero. Very successful. I would think you're successful. That's why you're on the show. This show is all about the root of success. So how does Simon Leslie define that term success? You're not going to like this answer. There are a few words I'm going to challenge you on. Success, happiness. Everyone's got their own definition of them, but they're so personal. So whatever is my definition of success, it's like my definition of me like, and you. Like I, I've got a picture of who you are and what you stand for. Your wife's got a different person. You've got a different vision of who you are, right? Nobody knows who the real Jason Duncan is, right? Because whatever your perception of you are, it's going to be different to somebody else's. So who, which one of them is right? Well, in theory, yours should be right, but you know, most of us haven't got a clue who we are. We, we're, it's, like, it's like that thing. When you're, when you're 20 years old, you're worried what people are thinking or saying about you. And then when you get to 40, you, know, you, realize you, you don't care what people think you'll say about you. And when you get to 54, you, you realize they weren't even thinking about you in the first place. They didn't care. They were too busy, obsessed with their, how big their own bum was and however, however insecure they were. And I just, I just struggle with this thing of success. I always said to people, success for me was going to the cinema in the middle of a work day. That would be successful. There was a cinema less than 100 yards from my office, a big complex where I can go to the cinema. I've never done it. So that, does that mean I'm not successful? No, it just means that, you know, maybe I'm scared to do it in case that, that means that's it. I've done. I'm finished. I need to retire. But it, it's, it's what they're, they're words which are challenging for me because I just think that they give people false hope and false, false inspiration. Well, I appreciate your perspective on that. And, and that's right. The reason I asked the question is because you're right. Every, every person has a different definition and I try to keep up with the good, you know, the good, the ones that resonate with me, not that they're good or bad, but the ones that resonate with me. Um, but, but here's, here's kind of my theory behind it and I'll pitch it back to you and see what you think is that the word success, generally speaking, like if you just go to the definition in the dictionary, it, it really, it boils down to this, getting the results that you intended. So if you intend to lose 30 pounds, for example, 
uh, once you hit 30 pounds of weight loss, you're successful in that endeavor. Then there's the general success that I think most people think I'm talking about, like having a, having a Bentley and, and being a gazillionaire and being able to fly around the world and spending all your time on a beach, drinking a, drinking a, uh, you know, a, a drink with a, an umbrella in it. But, but really everybody has a definition of what they were trying to achieve. So for you, if it was attending a, a movie in the middle of the day uh, and be, and not losing your business, that's, that's a level of success that you have attained. For, for example, you know, that's kind of my, one of my, de- not, not specifically to attend the movie in the middle of the day, but, but to be able to have the choice to do what I want. As a matter of fact, as soon as I finish recording this, uh, we're going to be finishing midday here in Nashville, Tennessee. My wife and I are hopping on the motorcycle and we're riding out to the lake. We're going to have lunch at a marina and come back, you know, and I have the freedom to be able to do that. So to me, that's my definition of success. I would look at you though, Simon, and I would say, yes, you're a successful guy. You've built a significant business. You got, you, you honestly, from what I could tell, love your people and you commit to, to serving them in a good and healthy way. So I think you're successful, whether or not you think that you are, I think that you are. <laughs> so what do you think about all that? I think, I think the pandemic taught me a few things. If you'd asked me that question in 2019, I would have said to you, I'm waiting for them to figure out I haven't got a clue what I'm doing, right? Because that was my standard answer because I was definitely have, living in imposter syndrome where I was like, I'm just a, I'm a school dropout. I dropped out of school at 16. You know, I, I've got no education. Everything I know is self-taught and self-developed. You know, I can speak probably 40 languages. I can say something in about 40 different languages because I've traveled so many places and I always want to be able to say, hello, how are you? And I love you or whatever it is in, in, in various languages. And I have a great memory for, for words and, 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 and languages. But the pandemic really did kick me in and, and, and really gave me so much confidence that I knew what I was doing, that I was actually really good at what I did I did have this incredible passion for selling and for making sure that the people were looked after. And, and you know, I, I lost people who'd been with me decades and I was so gutted by that. It was a, that was, you know, when you read the book and especially if you do the, if you can do the audible book, cause I got a, a thespian, a British uh, national opera thespian. And we sat down and we, and we talked about it. I said, look, I want my emotions to come out in this story. I want people to feel the pain I was going through and the hurt I went through because I don't want them just to read it and go, yeah, that's that's an interesting story because it really was, you know, everything you've taken, taken my legs out in this, in this battle. And, and I, and because of that, I really felt like, do you know what? I'm really good. I am really good at this and I am a good boss and my intentions are good and my intentions are honorable. And if you live by those standards, yeah, okay. You can use the word successful, but it's not because I've got a Bentley. It's not because I wear a Rolex. It's not because I I've got Monte Cristo to smoke after we finish this. It's because (laughs) it's because, because, because I've got people here, you know, when I woke up this morning, and we have a WhatsApp group for for my uh, for for the bit for the for the sales team, and there was twenty five pictures of me and that salesperson in different places around the world, be it a beach in Phuket, be it uh, Cinco de Mayo in Miami, and I and, it, and I burst out crying. I was emotionally touched, and I and I had forgotten so many of these experiences that I'd given these people, and that's to me what what it's all about. Well, how do you, they wouldn't have seen half the things they saw if it wasn't for my drive to, to make those things happen. 
if you distilled, if you distilled all that down to a couple of keys, what would you say the keys are in your life that have led you to be able to live this type of life successful, the successful entrepreneur? I mean, what were the keys that allowed you to do that? I, th- I think it was that 40th birthday and I, I went and I studied every single thing that had ever been written about happiness, what it was all about, what, what true happiness felt like. And, and, it, and it filtered down to two things, you know, do, if you want to be happy, do something for somebody else, you know, that will make you happier than anything you get. Everything else is going to bring you short-term happiness. If you want long-term happiness, you've got to see the look in people's eyes you know, I had more texts today from, obviously, because I have more ex-employees and current employees at the minute, from more ex-employees sending me birthday wishes. And I just think it's, you know, I feel really good today. I feel really powerful because I've definitely left a lot of people better than I found them. Well, happy birthday to you, Simon. And I'm, I'm honored that you're here with me on my my show today on your birthday coming all the way from London to broadcast with me on the root of all success. Is there, um, obviously we want people to go take a look at your book equanimity because it's a great book about how you survived the pandemic and had this positive attitude. What, uh, how else could people get in touch with you to either connect or to buy your book? Uh, Tell everybody how to get in touch with Simon Leslie. If you, if you want to live, Jason's lifestyle. Just look at my LinkedIn from January 2022, because one thing I said was, <laughs> I don't, we, we know when we're born, we don't know where we're going. And I want to make sure that every single day, every single month, I live to the max. And I started writing a diary of every single month this year, what I did, what I saw, where I went. And uh, that's getting me amazing, uh, amazing feedback from people. And people are reaching out again. You know, you're inspiring me to do things that I didn't think I would do. Uh, in the book, there's a. We had a guy called Seb Terry who came in and he wrote a thing called A Hundred Things. And he was an Australian guy and he turned it into a movement and he went around. He's basically been going around the world for the last 10 years talking about this hundred things. So I created my hundred, I actually did 110 because I like to over deliver my 110 list. And I'm slowly ticking those things off every single month, trying to find a way to do one more thing, one more thing. And if you, if you can create that lifestyle and you can do that and you follow me and follow Get some inspiration from what I'm saying. Even as I said to Jason, even if I inspire just one of you with one little nugget, you know what? It's been a good day. Well, you can follow Simon on LinkedIn. You just look him up, Simon Leslie, L-E-S-L-I-E. You can look him up on LinkedIn and find him there. You can find him on Twitter at SimonLeslie21. And he's also on Instagram. And then his website is LuckyLeslie.com, LuckyLeslie.com. So go check him out. Uh, Simon, it's been a pleasure having you on here. One final question before we uh, end the show today is I want you to give a piece of advice. I want you to kind of put your advisor hat on and I want you to speak to uh, a worn out business leader entrepreneur, because that's part of what you do. Normally I ask guests to, to give advice to the early stage entrepreneurs, but today I want you to go right to the center of what it is that you do. So a worn out business leader, an ex, an entrepreneur who's a little worn out, they're not living their ideal lifestyle. What is your main piece of advice for that person? Well, I do both actually. I do, I do young entrepreneurs and, and worn out leaders. I had one the other day and he was so stressed. I mean, he was, he's sitting at breakfast and I can see his heart pumping out of his chest. And I said, what's the matter? And he's got a good business, making a couple of million bucks, 
you know, good team. He's not even that present. He's, you know, he, he's trying to live an exit lifestyle, but he's, he's stressed out. And I said, well, what do you want? And he said, he told me. And I said, no, what do you want? What do you want to do? Because that's the question I'll ask him. What do you want to do? What do you need to be able to get there? Two questions then. What do you want? And what do you need to do to get there? And he told me, and I gave him the answer. And he went, is that possible? Can, can that be done? I said, yep. I said, by the way, that's a hundred grand question. He's a mate of mine. He's not, you know, I wasn't doing it for, for to get paid. I said, that's what I've just, what I've just, that those two questions, those answers is a hundred thousand pounds. I've just saved you in time and effort and emotional challenges that you're going to do. And he went, and you could see he, the, 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 everything changed. His aura changed. His energy changed. And I went, okay, cool. Sub off. Go and do it. That's it. And by the way, you're paying for breakfast and I'm going, going back to work. It's just about the questions you ask yourself. And most people who are stressed ask themselves terrible questions. They use the same crappy brain to try and fix the crappy problem that they're in. And I would always say to someone, Get on an aeroplane, get as far away from this problem as you can, go and sit up a mountain somewhere with a blank piece of paper and start all over again and actually design what you really want your life to look like. And if it's possible within your current business, then we'll make it happen. If it's not, then we'll create a new business and we'll start again. Because if you don't know what you want to end up with, it doesn't matter where you start. That is correct. If you want to go to the lake, right? There's probably lots of different ways you could get there. And, and, but if you head the complete opposite direction, no matter how fast you go, you're not going to get there. That is right. Well, Simon, thank you for the wisdom. Thank you for the, uh, the time. It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. Everybody go look up Simon Leslie online and uh, follow him, luckyleslie.com. Thanks again, Simon. Pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Well, there you have it, Simon Leslie, another very successful entrepreneur about how he became successful. And I know he was a little bit coy on like, what does that mean and what does success mean? But I think you who are listening, as you listen to this, you know, the guy, he's built a nine figure business. He survived COVID when it went to zero or even negative and came back. So very successful guy. And, And I think if I'm reading between the lines and what he said, you know, one of his definitions of success, he said, was being able to go to the cinema and midday. Um, here's what that boils down to as far as I'm concerned. And I think you will agree with me as a listener to the show is that what this boils down to is choice is choices. It's the ability to make choices, the ability to choose what you want to do on a day-to-day basis. And isn't that the lifestyle that you want? As an entrepreneur, if you're not able to make those choices, if you're having to show up every single day and you feel like you're in a rat race, but you own the race, then isn't it time you figure out how to get out of that? Well, that's exactly what I do. I do this for my my coaching clients all day long, every single day. I help show you how to live the exit lifestyle. So I want to make an offer to you. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash am I ready? Am I ready? And I want you to go ahead and invest in this coaching uh, program that I've got called My Exit Timeline Evaluator. So what it does is it shows you and evaluates how close you are to getting to that spot where you can actually start making those choices. Now, it is an investment. 
And it is something that you're going to invest in yourself that'll change the rest of your life. And it starts with a, a questionnaire that you're going to fill out. It's a very long questionnaire, very detailed about your business. And then it comes with several sessions with me. And even for those that want it, site visit where I come out and actually work with you at your place of business. And we go through how to get your, you and your business ready for you to step away from day-to-day operations so that you can make choices to go to the cinema in the middle of the day, as Simon Leslie talked about. So go to the real slash am I ready and, and go ahead and make that investment. Do that now. And if you're not ready to make the investment, but you're interested and curious, there is a spot on that on that page where you could just book a call and we can have a conversation about it. But thank you for listening. Please tune in again next week when I talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, I am the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is king. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, we invite you to visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Take charge of your business. Grow it from great to incredible. Join us again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.